Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Well, just a couple weeks ago, we celebrated Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. Amen? And in a home, by the way, if you're watching online, God bless you. Let's welcome our online congregation, the people that are watching online. Man, I wish you were here. Amen. But I love everything about Christmas. And one thing I've learned now that I'm in a different season of life, in a home where we've got a couple of grandkids, it has become very apparent to me that in addition to wrapping paper, bows, and boxes, we now need to also purchase an abundance of batteries. <laughs> Kids' toys need batteries. The big gift that Robin and I got for our granddaughter Ava this year, we bought her one of those little kitchen sets. I had no idea. Number one, that it would take so long to put it together. Number two, that thing would require so many batteries. Let me tell you why it required so many batteries. It had a little microwave oven. When you open the thing, the light comes on. There's a little programmable thing makes you sound like you're turning on a microwave. They had the little oven on the bottom that, where you can bake and you push buttons. It had the eye on the top that when you lay a little plastic pan on it, it turns red and it starts making a sizzling sound. <laughs> it even had an under-the-counter light. I thought, man, this kitchen's better than mine. Amen. <laughs> it was so, but everything required batteries. Right now, for example, the microphone I'm speaking in I've got a battery pack that's attached to my belt. I have a phone that's, right now I'm not talking on the phone, but I'm using it as a timer so that I can let you guys go out, make sure I get you out of here before I preach too long today. Amen. I'm preaching from an iPad that has my sermon notes on it. Amen. Everything right up here is operating by batteries. The watch on my wrist. The air tag that's hanging on my keychain, the laptop that's in my office, the AirPods that are in my backpack, the car I'm going to drive home today all rely on batteries. Amen? Don't you love batteries? I think I'm going to add the guy that invented batteries to the list that he gets a free pass to heaven along with the guy that invented air conditioning. Come on. Because batteries and air conditioning have changed their lives. Amen. But not only do you like batteries, but don't you love rechargeable batteries? Now, we use dozens of batteries in a service, and we decided a long time ago we were going to buy rechargeable batteries. Amen? It's a whole lot cheaper to use a rechargeable battery. But here's the thing about batteries. If you forget to charge them, all you have is an expensive paperweight or a fancy doorstop. See, none of these devices work without being recharged. The batteries might start out strong, but over time they get weaker and weaker. 
a battery must be recharged in order to be effective. Now, likewise, as believers, we have an eternal spiritual battery that must be recharged regularly. Come on, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, by the way, let me just say this up front. You're going to hear me use the word Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit interchangeably. It's the same thing. I was raised using a King James Bible, and we had the word Holy Ghost. And so it's the same thing. Don't get confused. Amen. I'm a little old school, so I sometimes revert back to Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, huh? Woo, just saying that word. Come on, you know you ain't saved unless you're talking King James English. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm just messing with you. Amen. But see, when we repent and when we invite the Lord into our lives, the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to do a work within us. By the way, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit, the Scripture says no man can come unless the Holy Spirit draws you. So the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. But when we are filled or baptized in the Holy Ghost... God energizes us to live a powerful Christian life. But now, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, but I also want to tell you, it's not enough just to get plugged in one time. Come on. The daily routine of life, the stuff we face on a day-to-day -day basis, it drains our strength, not only physically and emotionally, but spiritually as well. And God's desire is that we remain strong, fully charged, fully empowered, and renewed in the Holy Spirit. Here's our text for today. It comes from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. By the way, that's not what I'm preaching about today, but there's a good sermon right there. Don't be drunk with wine. It will ruin your life. Instead, though, what's the scripture say? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to preach on this subject today, renewed in the Holy Spirit. Renewed in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is more than just a doctrinal distinctive in which to believe. Being filled with the Holy Spirit should be a vital personal experience that every believer should seek for. Now, I'm going to just say right up front at the beginning of this message, some of you, maybe you've never been taught about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never heard about it. Maybe you come from a church tradition that told you it, it's not for you today, or the baptism of the Spirit, or the gifts of the Spirit died in the days of the apostle. I respectfully want to tell you, that is a lie from the devil, amen, because it is still real, it is still alive, and it is still for the church today. Amen. As a spirit-filled church, which we are, our doctrine or our belief about the Holy Spirit is not something that we invented, but it's found in the Bible. Hear me, this is not a charismatic thing, a full gospel thing, a Pentecostal thing, a, a, a church of God thing, a Kojic thing, an assembly of God thing. Come on, somebody. This isn't a living word thing. This isn't a four-square gospel thing. This isn't an apostolic thing or a Pentecost. Come on. This is a Bible thing. It ain't Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Pentecost. It's a Bible thing. And we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit 
And we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation in the church and in our world today. I'm going to give you a perfect example. We have on the first Wednesday night of every month, we have something called First Wednesday Prayer Meeting. We just had it four nights ago. And in our prayer meeting this past week, the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. Amen. I had a man after the first service come to me and tell me about a condition that he had. It was a serious condition that he had. God healed him Wednesday night in the prayer meeting. Amen. There were prophetic words that were being spoken in our prayer meeting that God's power was in operation. But hear me, we need to understand that we must more than uh, just rationally understand the doctrine of the Spirit. We need to personally experience the Spirit. See, it's not enough just to say, I believe in it. But we must desire to experience what we believe. And hear me, we can have the same experience that they had in the early days of the New Testament church. Come on. God's desire is that we as people, we as believers, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that means that the baptism of the Holy Spirit must be more than just something we believe in, more than just something we experience once. It's got to become a personal experience and a lifestyle that we are renewed in. Amen. And let me just say this right up front. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then I want to encourage you. Don't be satisfied with anything less than everything that God has for you as a believer. You got to get thirsty. Come on, somebody. You got to ask God, God, I want to be filled. I'm desperate, God, for you to give me everything that you have for me. But there's even more than goes beyond that experience. Once you have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I can tell you when I got it. I can tell you where I got it. August 20, 1982, Sprouse's Corner, Virginia, at a little uh, youth camp or camp meeting. I was standing about halfway back. I was standing in the prayer. I didn't even make it to the altar. I stood up right where I was, and God filled. I know that night. But, that was a long time ago, by the way, 1982, great day, 40 years ago, amen. But I have had multiple encounters with the Holy Spirit since then. That's what I want to talk to you about today. The baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit is not intended to be a one-time experience, but it is to become a lifestyle in order for us to walk in the Spirit. Reinhard Bonnke, who was a Pentecostal German evangelist, he died a few years ago. He wrote a book called Mighty Manifestations, and he said this about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I wanted to quote him here because I thought it was so good, amen? He said this, and I quote, the baptism in the Holy Spirit was not meant to be a single emotional event recorded in believers' diaries. It wraps around the believers permanently. The Spirit is their environment. The air they breathe moment by moment, providing the vitality of the Christian faith. Man, I love that. He said the Holy Ghost becomes their environment, the air that they breathe, and it provides the vitality of the Christian faith. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a single event. It's to become a lifestyle. We're to continually draw strength and life from the Holy Spirit. 
Just like rechargeable batteries are renewed or refreshed when they're put on the charger, we are energized for life by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit along with 120 other believers. I want you to turn there if you have your Bible, Acts 2 verse 1. It ain't quite the King James, but it's the new King James. Amen. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, that was the first outpouring on the New Testament church. However, here's what I want to point out to you. Peter did not try to live the rest of his life on that one experience from the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 4. It says Peter and the other believers were again filled with the Holy Spirit. Stephen, in Acts chapter 6, amen, was filled with the Holy Spirit before he was selected to serve the church as a deacon, amen. By the way, your leaders need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, amen. Again, Stephen didn't go through his life with just one filling. Luke tells us in Acts 7 that even as he was being stoned, Stephen was full of of the Holy Spirit. Paul didn't try to serve the Lord without being re-energized and filled continually in his walk with God. As a matter of fact, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. In other words, Paul was saying it wasn't just a one-time thing for me. It happens on a continuous basis. From out of his own experience, Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and he said, and this was our text, Ephesians 5, 18, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, Paul understood the need to continually be renewed in the Holy Spirit. And without a continuous filling of the Spirit, hear me, your spiritual batteries will wear down, and soon you'll be running on empty, loud noise environment, Amen. My phone just told me I exceeded my decibel meter, amen, my, my watch. Hallelujah. You haven't had good church until your decibel meter goes off at least one time. <laughs> As a dad, I can remember a lot of times when my girls were growing up, Lauren and Lindsay, and they were great kids, but they, believe it or not, this is going to shock you, they used to fight. They used to argue. And I can't tell you how many times Robin or my, I, one of us, would look at them and say, be nice to your sister. Can any parents say amen to that? Now, here's what I want you to understand. When we as a parent said be nice, we were describing what we wanted to happen right then, but we were also describing what we hoped would become a continuous and ongoing behavior. In other words, don't just be nice today. We expect you to be nice the rest of your life. When Paul told the Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit, he wasn't saying just be filled once. The phrase is implying a continued filling, a perpetual filling with the Spirit of God. See, sometimes we ask people, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? When really we ought to be asking ourselves, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? 
Have I been filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, August 20, 1982. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit right now? That's a little bit more important question. Come on, are you walking in the Holy Ghost? Because remember, being filled with the Spirit is not just an isolated one-time event that's a spiritual high, a one-time occasion that we write about in our journals. Being filled with the Spirit is intended to be a lifestyle. So, what does it mean to live a lifestyle of being continually filled with the Spirit? We understand from the Scripture that the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit is the evidence of speaking in other tongues, right? Can the church say amen to that? All you spirit-filled believers, amen. Does that mean that we got to continuously go around speaking in tongues all the time? No, that's not what it means. Living a lifestyle of being continuously filled with the Spirit means you give your life under the control of the Spirit. In other words, I'll just make it real plain. The same way you got the Holy Ghost by yielding to the presence of God, it's the same way you walk in the Spirit, by yielding to the presence of God in your life. When you are baptized in the Spirit and begin to speak in other tongues, you have yielded control of your tongue, of your will, to the Holy Ghost. And the way you live a Spirit-filled life is the same principle. Amen. You yield to the Spirit by allowing the Holy Spirit to control and direct your life. It becomes, as Bonke said, the environment that I live and breathe in. Amen. First John 1 and 7 says, we walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen. When we live a spirit-filled lifestyle and we're being continually filled in the spirit, we can be, Ephesians 6 and 10, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. You don't have to go from strength to weakness, from strength to weakness like a rechargeable battery. You can walk in victory from strength to strength. See, God wants us to be filled with the Spirit, but hear me, don't miss this. He will not force his desire upon you. God gives you and I the choice. Amen? He gives you and I the choice. As parents, we know that as we watch our children grow, for an example, we have dreams for them, desires for them, right? But we can't force them or we don't force them to become what we want them to be, amen? Sometimes you might want to force them, right? But at some point, you've got to release them and allow them to become what God has intended for them. And God is a loving Heavenly Father. He desires great things for our lives. But hear me, he will not force you to live a spirit-filled life. So, for those of you that want it, how can you live your life fully charged? Walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. How do we need to cooperate with God so that his desire for us to be continually filled with the spirit, fully charged, how does that become a reality and living our life from day to day? Here's the first point I want to make to you. To stay fully charged, you need to be directed by the spirit. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Galatians 5, verse 16. <clears throat> I love this passage through verse 24. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then what? You won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Folks, there's a whole sermon right there. There's enough to live on right there. It says, let the Holy Spirit guide you, and you won't do what your sinful nature craves. What does the sinful nature want? Verse 17, sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. 
and the spirit, what? Gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Tug of war. You say, man, I feel like I'm in a tug of war. Yes, you are. Because the spirit and the flesh are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Verse 18. But when you are directed by the spirit... You're not under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, are you ready? Look at these results. The results are very clear, and they ain't pretty. <laughs> Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Folks, those are not the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Amen. Let me tell you again, as I've said before, and by the way, let me just interject this. I'm not preaching about this. This is why we got to take sin seriously, okay? Notice the rest of this verse, verse 21. Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Everybody, oh, we don't want hellfire and brimstone preaching in 2023. We need a little bit more hellfire and brimstone preaching. Come on, somebody. The scripture, all that stuff said if you're doing those things, living that sort of life, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces what? This kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. And then those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their flesh of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. So this passage is very clearly telling us that the Holy Spirit will it will guide us and direct us if, everybody say if, yes. if we allow him to. Yes, and notice it always leads in the opposite direction of our sinful nature. So verse 16 says, let the Holy Spirit guide you. It's a choice. And we can choose to let him guide us or we can choose to be led by our sinful natures. Either way, we're going to live a daily life, and we've got to choose the control and the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a tug-of-war time. How many of you will admit that it's not always easy? Come on, some days are harder than others, right? Go ahead, go raise your hand. Nobody's going to throw a rock at you. Amen. It's all right. How about some good honest believers in this house, right? Amen. It's not always easy. Sometimes we have a bad attitude. Sometimes we have lustful thoughts. Sometimes we're angry. Sometimes we're hostile. Sometimes we're just fleshly. We're all, but you know, and that's that tug of war. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, guide me. The imagery that Paul gives us in Ephesians 5, it's a powerful picture of the difference between living for your own pleasures and living for the Holy Spirit. So we've got to understand, how do we choose to be directed by the Spirit? I'm going to give you a couple more ways. First of all, you've got to choose to be directed by the Holy Ghost. And then the second way you stay fully charged, stay connected to the power source. Everybody say who the source is. Jesus. Jesus. Amen? It's Jesus. You can have a desk drawer full of chargers and cords. I got one in my nightstand. They are semi-organized. I am convinced that one day I'm going to need them again. Because every time I throw one of them away, I need it the very next day. <laughs> Amen. 
But you can have a whole drawer full of chargers and cords, but hear me, until you connect your device to a charger, until you connect your device to a power source, nothing happens. I've got one of those nightstand chargers by my bed that you just lay your phone on without having to plug it up. I really like it. It also has a little place on the top for your Apple Watch. It's got a place on the back for your AirPods. So every night, last thing I do before I go to bed, I lay my phone on the front. I take my watch off. I lay it on the little spot, and I charge it, and voila, every morning, it's a miracle. Hallelujah. 100% charged. Not too long ago, I woke up, and my phone had not charged. My charger was plugged in. I looked and I thought, what's wrong? Then I realized what the problem was. I had not aligned my phone correctly for it to be connected to the power source. Come on. There was nothing wrong with the charger. There was nothing wrong with the electricity. Everything was plugged in. What was wrong was my phone was not in the proper alignment. Come on, you ain't got to be a rocket scientist to figure out where this is going. (laughs) Because my phone was out of alignment, it did not connect to the source of power. And if you and I are going to walk in the power of God and in the strength of the Holy Ghost, come on, you've got to stay in touch with Jesus. You've got to stay in touch with Jesus. You've got to talk to God. Come on. How do you stay in touch with a friend? Let's, let me make this real practical for you. How do you stay in touch with your... You communicate with each other. When they talk, you listen. When you talk, they listen. It's not complicated. So how do you stay connected to Jesus? Here we go. We stay connected, first of all, to Jesus by listening when he speaks to us. I'm trying to tell you how to walk in the Spirit. Listen when He speaks to you. There's a couple ways that God speaks to us. First of all, God will speak to you through His Word. This is why one week ago I encouraged you so much to pick up a Bible and to pick up a Bible plan, to download the version onto your phone and, and select a plan. Read the Word of God. Amen. Come on, the Bible is not just another book. It is God-breathed. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is the eternal, unchanging, perfect Word of God. It is God's personal letter to you and to me. So God will speak to you through His Word. God will also speak to you by His Spirit. Revelation 2 and 7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus said in John 10, 27, he said, my sheep recognize my voice. See, God will communicate his heart to you through his Spirit. The question is, do you have an ear to listen to him? Amen. Because generally the Spirit will speak to us in a couple of different ways. He will speak to us within our minds and our thoughts. He will also speak to us through other people. Now, let me give you a little instruction about that, okay? First of all, if God is speaking to you through your minds and your thoughts, hear me, he will never say anything that contradicts with his word. Amen? He'll never say anything that contradicts with his word. 
Uh, several years ago, many years ago, there was a young couple. They were dating. They were in their early 20s. They came into the office to talk to me, and uh, they wanted to get involved in leadership, and they, they, were, they were dating, and, and they just said, Pastor, we just want you to know we're sleeping together, and we love it. I said, well, of course you love it. <laughs> God created sex, amen? God knew what he was doing. He did not mess that up, by the way, amen? I said, well, of course you love it. He said, and, and we smoke pot every day, and we just want you to know, we want this to be our church, but we're not going to stop sleeping together, and we ain't going to stop getting high every day. So I didn't even touch the getting high part. I said, well, let me just tell you, what you feel God is telling you is not wrong. I mean, is wrong because it is in direct contradiction to his word. So I showed them some scripture. To, that address the fornication in their life. Let me just tell God is not going to tell you something that does not harmonize with his word. That's number one. Now, God will speak to, pe to you through other people, but hear me. When God speaks to you through other people, don't automatically accept what they have to say. I need a rhema word. I need a rhema word. I need a rhema word. Be careful where you get that word because that might not be rhema. Amen. That might be ramen noodles, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hear me. If somebody speaks to you and they say they got a word from you, hear me. Hear me. Two things. It will either confirm what God has already spoken in your heart or you should wait for God to confirm it before you act on it. God, I'm telling you some stuff that's going to help you. Either it will bear witness with what you're already dealing with in the spirit or it's something that, that you can confirm at a later time, and God will confirm that before you act on it. So we listen to the Lord. And another third, I didn't even mention this. Also, seek godly counsel. Amen? Amen. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. Come on. Seek some godly counsel. So we listen to the Lord to stay connected. But another beautiful part of staying connected is that we not only get to listen to him, we get to talk to him. And he listens to us. Isn't it amazing that the creator so graciously chooses to hear what we have to say? You talk to God in prayer. Amen? And one way to talk to God, obviously, is in your own language, right? Using the words that we wish to express to him. But I also want to say, while I'm talking to you today about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can also communicate, communicate with God in the language of the Spirit. And that is in speaking in other tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 15, Paul said this, So what shall I do? I will pray what? With my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Ephesians 6, 18, he says, And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Folks, don't miss that. There are times, and I'm not going to do a deep dive in this today, but those of you who are spirit-filled, there are times you will pray in intercession. There are times you will pray in tongues. It won't happen every day. It may not happen uh, uh, very often, but you encourage the gift to flow in your life and pray, amen? The Scripture talks about praying in the Holy Ghost. Yes, also, though, I want to share another verse with you. Not only can we stay in touch with Jesus through prayer, 
praying in English, praying in Spanish, whatever your native tongue is, praying in tongues. But we also get to communicate with God through praise and worship. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 5.19 says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Notice, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God for the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to challenge you right now. Holy Ghost-filled believer, can't nobody give God a praise? Come on, like a Holy Ghost-filled child of God can give God a praise. Oh, I wish somebody would do it right now in this house. Woo! Hallelujah! Come on. I'm not afraid to lift my hands. I'm not afraid to clap my hands. I'm not afraid to lift my voice. Oh, give him a praise. Give him a praise. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. That is a powerful way to connect to Jesus. Some of y'all right now are going, oh, I didn't know this was one of those kind of churches. Well, now you know. Now you know. Amen. Why do you think we take 25 minutes at the beginning of every church service to worship God? Come on, we ain't just trying to show you how good David Graham can play the guitar. Come on, I'm not trying to show you how good Joel can play the keys or how good Lisa can lead worship. Come on, or how good Eddie can play. Come on, we're not up here to display talents. We're here to usher the body of Christ into the presence of the Lord through praise and worship. Come on, there is something that happens. Oh, come on, church. There's something that happens when you raise your hands and lift your voice and open your mouth and give God a praise. I want to challenge some of you in 2023, while I'm on this topic, I want to challenge you, if you're not a hand raiser, go on and join us crazy hand raisers. Come on. If you don't clap your hands, don't be afraid to clap your hands. If you've never called, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you haven't ever spoken it out, go ahead and speak it out. If you've never danced before the Lord. Go ahead and dance before the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll never forget when I was 16 years old and I just got it, just filled me with the Holy Ghost. I, he just saved me, turned my life around. I had been kicked out of school. You've heard my testimony. Selling drugs, all this mess. Went just back to school. And I'll never forget, I was a new believer and I was sitting in church. And folks, we were old school. Man, they start playing the, the music, and it wasn't nearly as good as what we get to enjoy. And all of a sudden, where's he at? I see Clyde Pavey back in the back. Go ahead and raise that hand. All of a sudden, out here, woo, I'd start, I'd turn around and look. I'd see those arms are flailing. Come on. Clyde would start worshiping God. Come on, somebody. I'd see brother and sister farmer getting their praise on. Amen. I'd see the path, and I was just standing there. I was like, whew, I don't know if I'm ready for all this. I didn't want to admit it, but I was too proud. I was too proud to join in with it. I didn't want none of that. By the way, it works. 41 years later, Clyde Pavey's still back there raising that hand. It worked, somebody. 
It works. And I'll never forget. I don't even know who was preaching. Somebody's preaching, and they challenged us. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord with all his might. Now, I'm not here to disparage anyone, but before I went to this church, the tradition I was brought up in, you didn't really, you didn't really dance with all your might. You just waited until the Holy Ghost just shook you like a rag doll and took you over. And then whatever happened, happened. Katie, bar the door. Be careful. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But I'll never forget. It said, dance before the Lord with all of his might. And I felt challenged. And I felt like the Lord said, I want you to pick up your feet and dance before me. I said, Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't feel nothing yet, Lord. And he said, I don't care. I want you to dance before me with all of your might. I can't, I'm just going to tell you right now, it was a major turning point. I believe it was a critical moment in my walk with Jesus. And I had to make up my mind. Am I going to be, I didn't, man, y'all, 9 o'clock didn't get none of this. I had to make up my mind. Am I going to bless the Lord? He, ju he just took me off drugs, alcohol. I was selling quaaludes. I got arrested in my school. God just turned me around, and I can't pick my foot up to give him a little bit of praise. Oh, I feel it right now. He's done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. Come on, somebody better hold my mule. I'm about to shout right now. Come on, somebody give him a praise in this house. Hallelujah. Give him a Holy Ghost praise. Ain't nobody going to laugh at you. Ain't nobody going to mock you. Jesus is right now going, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll eat it up. I'll eat it up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And can I tell you, Clyde, you got me beat. But for me, 40 years later, it still works. Can I tell you, as your pastor, there's been times I've come to church, I've had a bad week, I'm just like the rest of you, stuff has happened, and then I got to come in here and preach and lift the house. I got to come in here and share the word. And there's times, there's times I felt like, Lord, the last thing I want to do today. And then I get in here. Man, I wish I had me an organ player right now. And then I get in here, and they start singing, playing the music, and singing the songs. And it's like, you can just feel the weight coming off of you. And man, I just lift my hand. Folks, connecting in praise and worship. Hear me. We cannot let this part of who we are ever die. We cannot let this part of what we believe ever. Come on, somebody. You have got to find a way to connect to God with worship and praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. 
when we as a body begin to lift our hands and clap our hands and lift our voices. Do not underestimate the infusion of power that giving God a praise does. Amen? Can I just tell you right now, this afternoon, praise team musicians, come on up. I've run run out of town. I went down too many rabbit trails today. Amen. This afternoon, football fans are going to pack stadiums. If you watch the Green Bay and Detroit game tonight, it's at Lambeau Field. There's going to be somebody with their shirts off. In the first service, I said ESPN. Then I remember Sunday Night Football is on NBC. There's going to be three guys somewhere with their shirts off in freezing weather in B.C. They're going to do that because they didn't obey that first scripture I preached about, about don't be drunk with wine. Amen. That's another subject. Fans today are going to be cheering for their team to win. This afternoon, I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch Dallas play Washington. I don't know what's going to happen. I know what I hope happens. But can I already tell you, if you were a fly on the wall of my living room, you would see me yelling. You would see me clapping. You're going to see me jump up at the screen and go, ah! You can also see me. I did it last week. I jumped out of the front and I was like, woo-hoo-hoo. You know why? I'm a fan. And when the game is on in my house, and I just got to ask you right now, you came to church today. You're obviously a fan of Jesus. I am not going to let no drunk guy at the Packer game out-praise the team that I came to celebrate today. Woo! Hallelujah! Come on, are there any Jesus fans in this house? Come on, are there any Jesus fans in this house? Hallelujah! Go ahead, Kevin, show them how it's done. Go ahead, Clyde Schoen has son. Go ahead, Shirley Schoen has son. Go ahead, Lisa. Go ahead, Lisa. Hallelujah. 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 I think we need to start 2023 off right. Come on. And I'm telling you, I want to challenge some of you to take that next step in your walk in the Spirit and make a connection through praise and worship. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I've got to praise. I've got to praise and I've got to let it out. I gotta praise. Come on. I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. They had practice 
That's all right. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to let it out. I got to praise. Oh, yes. I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to let it out. I got to praise. Come on, somebody. Yes, I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to let it out. I got to praise. First of all, if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, hear me, I'm not here to disparage any believer. I talked to a guy after the first service. He said, man, I don't even know what I believe anymore. He said, nobody told me about this. Nobody told me I could have that. I feel conflicted. I said, man, God is strong. God brought you here to give you a revelation what is still yet to come in your life. If you've never, you might be saying, man, nobody told me about it. I'm just telling you right now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is real. The Bible says that in the last days, He's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. God is pouring out His Spirit. Amen. So, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to step out from where you are. How do you receive it? not complicated. Acts chapter 2, by the way, there were 120 people in the upper room and 120 people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This ain't a game of gotcha. This ain't a game of I'm going to tease you. No. God wants you to have it. You repent. You ask the Lord. You say, well, I'm already. That's all right. Believers need to repent too. You repent. You begin to give God praise. You begin to worship him. And as you pray in English, when the Holy Spirit begins to come on you, don't be afraid of that. Sometimes people get ready to speak in tongues and they get scared. They clam up. They stop. You just let it flow. Well, I don't know what I'm saying. That's all right. You don't need to know. You just let it flow. Let God back. It may not happen the first time you seek for it. That's all right. Don't stop seeking for it. But then the rest of you in this altar call, those of you that are Holy Ghost filled, this message, I want to challenge you that in this year, God, I am going to let you guide my life like never before. I'm not going to make a business decision without you. I'm not going to make a family decision without you. I'm not going to make a personal decision without you. I need the Holy Ghost to guide my life. I need you to guide my life. So I'm going to encourage you to step out from where you are right now. If that's your prayer, you come right on down. Go ahead and play the original altar song that we have planned. Come on, step on out. Say, God, this is a year that I want to learn to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to allow you to guide me. I'm going to stay connected to the source. Amen. Come on down. This altar is open. God, that's what I want more than anything. That's what I want more than anything.
Hallelujah. I feel like the Spirit is urging me in the next couple of months. I want to do some teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit because we're at a place right now a lot of people are hungry for it. They don't understand. I'm making a commitment to you. We're going to talk about that soon. I want you to understand, those of you who are seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, let me just tell you this. Last Sunday, we baptized three people. One of them came out of the water speaking in other tongues. It's real. It's real. Now, I'm sharing that with you because nobody had to coach her. Nobody had to lay hands on her a certain way. She didn't have to jump through five steps. She, didn't. she just came out of the water speaking in tongues and received the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I prayed for it for quite a long, for quite a while before I received it. I don't know why. Some people get it coming out of the water. Some people get, it takes months. Some people it takes, I don't know why. I don't know the answer to that. God knows. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. You keep praying, God, I want everything that you have for me. And you just say, God, I want it to happen in my life. And you ask for God to reveal his truth to you. You ask for God to give you a revelation. And you ask God for, to empower you with the baptism of the Spirit. It will happen. Here, let me, I'm going to say this. I'm going to shut up and get out of the way. A lot of us are confused about this stuff because man has messed up religion. It was real clear on Acts, in Acts chapter 2. It was real clear in Acts 4, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. It was real clear to Paul and the early church. And then we all came in and we created denominations and we did all. And how many know denominations have messed up everything? So we got a lot of confused people that love Jesus and they don't know. I'm just telling you right now, just pray, God, reveal to me your truth and give me everything you have. Amen. And that includes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can we give God one more praise before we close this service? Amen. Hallelujah.